think it's so crucial is allowing your kid to have own opinion, to have own position. And you know, if you constantly say no, this is wrong, no, this is wrong, no, this is wrong, you should do what I say. It's like you're, uh, you're killing it. You're yeah, killing, you're killing own your own voice, own personality. I mean, own kind of uh, understanding of self. Welcome to episode four of the Founder Dad podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend Misha Levin who's the director of the Moscow School of Contemporary Art and a program leader for pre-foundation art and design at the British Higher School of Art and Design in Moscow. Now, Misha's the father of two children. He's a husband, he's an artist, professor, and we had a very engaging and fun conversation about family values and how to make sure your kids grow up with a sense of identity, voice, and have a relationship where they talk to you as a friend more than a parent. We hope you enjoy. Let us know what you think. I've known you since I was a kid. Our parents knew each other. Your dad and my dad were both musicians. Um, but for our... Still are. Yeah, yeah, they still are. Um, so for those guests of ours that are listening, um, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm uh, from Moscow, and uh, uh, I'm still now based although at some point uh, i i left moscow and went to live in uk in london to study to study fine art so uh, um at the moment um, as i said uh, uh, i have been living in moscow since 2009 and uh, i came back from london to to teach and i've been teaching for almost 10 years and uh, recently, uh, I uh, launched a new school. It's called Moscow School of Contemporary Art, and it's uh, it's uh, higher education in the field of uh, uh, art and uh, practices connected to contemporary art field, like art management, curatorial studies, and uh, like critical writing and stuff like that. And uh, it's uh, it's a part of the university university, which is uh, uh, which is a educational institution which is dedicated to creative practices, and it includes schools that <clears throat> teach design, architecture, <clears throat> music, uh, uh, like um, graphic design and. Uh, uh, interaction design and uh, cinema and other things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the largest private uh, institution in in Russia, and uh, probably largest in the whole Eastern Europe. And it's it exists for almost what, seventeen years. Mm-hmm. So and. Uh, also, I'm a, I'm an artist, so I'm still practicing my my art from time to time. I can see, and yeah, and I have a I have a family. I have two kids. Uh, the older one is a boy who is nine and a half, and the uh, younger is a girl who she's almost five now. Mm-hmm. So the the boy is in the third grade, and the girl is is not in the school yet. So how, how old were you when your son was born? And what was going on in your life at that time? Um, uh, I was, uh, how old was I? I was 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got married pretty young. Uh, I was, what, 20, 21? Mm-hmm. And you got married to a girl... That was like your kind of like middle school or high school sweet, well, not high school sweetheart, but you've known each other since you guys were like kids, right? Yeah, since since I was nine, so <laughs> for a while. Wow. Not not that at that point she she actually noticed much of me. Well, I did probably, but uh, she was more of a friends with my older sister. But uh, yeah, we we know and we actually met on family holidays. And uh, we've known for a while, but we actually started dating like almost 10 years after we, we, we first met. And uh, yeah, so uh, at the time my, my kid was born, I, uh, I came back from, from London from 
actually eight years of living there. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was interesting time because there were excitement of coming back home and trying to find my way here in Moscow. But then on the other hand, uh, I was struggling to kind of understand which direction to move in terms of professional career because on one one hand I wanted to be professional to practice professional kind of artist career mm-hmm. but then uh, it, it wasn't easy to to have a kind of a regular income and so it was clear that to to support the family uh, it's important to to actually uh, you know have a like proper job salary and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this probably was one of the reasons why I, I started my career in, in education. And, uh, but, uh, you know, overall it's all turned out quite, quite good. So tell me about like when you found out that you're going to be a dad, when, um, when your wife told you that she's pregnant, um, like, what was your mind state like? Were you, I mean, you were obviously excited. You wanted to have kids. Um, were you nervous before your son was born? Um, how did you prepare? Did you read books? Did you talk to your parents? Was it something that terrified you or was it something that you were more excited about? Well, we, we planned it because uh, uh, we got married in 2007 and our kid got got born in 2011 so actually it was a very conscious uh, uh, decision mm-hmm. I was very naive and young and uh, uh, I, I, I actually I probably I didn't realize uh, what it's gonna be like although although I have a younger sister so uh, she's younger like 10 years younger than me so I actually mm-hmm. saw the whole process of bringing up a little kid. So mm-hmm. I remember it very well, but then uh, obviously I didn't have much responsibility at that time, so I I I didn't actually think that it's going to be that difficult. Well, so not not to put it right, not not that difficult, but it's going to be uh, connected with a lot of new realities, new responsibilities, and stuff like that. Like what? But- like. Well, like, like you know, you you obviously uh, don't have that much time for yourself anymore. You obviously, uh, you know, things, certain things that you used to do and you used to kind of think that you have time for that, they just, you know, disappear because there's, there's not that much time anymore. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, so there's not much time, but but there's not much time if you choose to be at home and be a parent that's involved right which you probably yeah, chose to do then, but then if you if you consciously decide to have a kid then i guess you kind of straight away prepare yourself for for the fact that you are going to be committed otherwise you know why would you why would you commit to to making a kid then because well, as i said as i said I mean, from my side, it was it was a kind of a we we prepared, we kind of uh, set up the the time. We we kind of knew that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So so tell me about the- I, I didn't I didn't read much books about like uh, how it's going to be like. So I just thought that if I saw it in reality with my little sister. Then I thought, well, I, I know a lot about it, so I'm I'm kind of a pro in that, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't really need to kind of get much. Uh, okay, all right. So then, tell me about when uh, when Philip was born. Like, what? How was that? Did you have kind of an epiphany? Did things change really quickly? Um, you know, uh, did it come gradually? And kind of what was the expectation versus reality? Like, how was that first year? What did you learn? What were, what were the challenges? What were the good parts? Well, uh, obviously the excitement of seeing the new life and the, the, this uh, creature that suddenly appeared. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Um, Do you remember it? 
Because I know it was nine years ago, but like, do, do you remember no, that? No, I remember, remember really well. Yeah, everything. Well, not everything, obviously, but I do remember the, the, the point of the actual uh, delivery and birth and stuff like that first few days. Mm -hmm. uh, it's stressful, incredibly stressful, um, maybe even a bit terrifying, but, but, but incredible. Terrifying and incredible. It's like, you know, Francis Bacon paintings. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying and incredible. Yeah. It's like, you know, you you kind of want to turn away, but then it's just, it's it's so, it somehow attracts you so much that you can't, can't do it. You're intrigued. Yeah, you're intrigued and then you're just dragged into that. Anyway, it's probably not the best comparison to Francis Bacon paintings, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so, what was I that first year time. like? I, mean, I, think, I think the most the most striking thing is is time. How time, how the perception of time, and how actually physically you understand that time, dedication, or allocation changes for you. It's like uh, you know. I can clearly see that point when the when when my son was born that that suddenly that that kind of amount of time that I actually had for my own things like I don't know certain I don't know time to relaxing then suddenly was relocated for this time of of looking after caring mm -hmm. you know going for a walk and. Uh, when, when, when was the first moment that you actually kind of like realized like, wow, like I'm an actual like dad, like this is my kid. And then, and then when you realized that, like what were there, was there anything in your mind, in your mindset that kind of changed where you said, all right, like I have to actually be like different or something has to change because I am a parent. You know, I was so young, so I, I was so stupid that I actually felt that I'm, I'm now a proper grown up. I have a kid. So I was so kind of proud of it that I was going around and saying, you know, I have a kid. I have a kid. It's like so, as if I'm, you know, you know uh, just owned uh, first, my first million dollars or something. Uh-huh. So it was really strange. But um, uh, in terms of mindset, I guess I felt that uh, there's, there's more need of, of kind of, family commitment in a way like like you know uh, job wise and uh, suddenly i thought oh well you know i really we're 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 kind of very much set now with with uh, with future and uh, i need to more kind of plan and uh, think ahead and things like mm -hmm. that but <clears throat> i can't say that it was kind of frustrating me but uh, the the money issue was was kind of getting a bit on top of me because i i suddenly realized that the 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 budget dramatically grew like family budget the, the amount of money we needed and and, and mm -hmm. that, that was that was for the first maybe year or so that was a bit of a stress mhm mm mhm mm but, um, but uh, then uh, things you know I guess it's it's how life flows. So I guess things started to move on and uh, and spin around, and and uh, kind of income came along. <laughs> so what are there any moments during that first year or two years um, of your son's life that kind of stand out as like you know? Because I know I mean like for me, you know, um, with my kid, I remember the first time um that he combined a series of words and it was the yeah, first yeah. time that he like That's incredible you know yeah. i remember we were driving from a friend's uh, place we, we were there at the party and uh, and uh, philip was probably a year and three months or something like that he started speaking very early like uh, when he was i don't know 12 12 months or 11 months. Mm -hmm. uh, first three words were, uh, I mean, in Russian it sounds hilarious because they're very similar, but in English it won't sound the same, but it was stick. Uh, Palka. Then, uh, uh? Palka. Palka. Yes. 
uh, Gorka, which is like a, a little hill. Yeah. And Dirka, which is a hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, he, he before that, he said the mom, but, but you yeah. know, the first really articulate words were those. So it, it was very funny. Um, uh, but then I remember when he, he started, you know, uh, copying like music words or some, uh, uh, I don't know, short like kids, uh, like poem, like uh, written poems and stuff like that. It, it was it was really incredible. Like, uh, and I remember that time in the car when he actually, I don't know, continuously for, I don't know, probably about 10 minutes. We're like, 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 you know, getting out like those lyrics. It mm -hmm. was really, really great. But then, of course, the moments when you know he first walked from the kitchen to the living room, uh, mm -hmm. it was incredible. When he started, like, you know, getting his head up, and uh, I don't know. There are so many moments. Mm -hmm. and for the photos that we can keep now and, and videos that we can actually go back and visually. Do you have like a, I mean, have you, do, do you have all of the photos in your phone? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I continuously check the backup mm -hmm. in order not to lose them because that would be a, such a, such a do drama. But, but yes, going back into those uh, recordings and photos is incredible. And, you know, having two kids, comparing them, it's also such a joy, you know, when when you start looking at the same age, what they were like, and the difference, uh -huh. and uh, it, it's 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 amazing. So your second, your daughter Nika, she was born four, well, three four years after Philip. Four and a half right? years after Philip. So how was it the second time around, as opposed to the first? Oh man, it's so much easier. Why uh, you're so much more relaxed and chilled about every everything. Mm -hmm. About like you know some red skin or stomach ache or about you know things you just you just think you, you don't really get so I don't know worried or stressed about mm -hmm. because you're you're you've gone through this. What were and, uh, what, go ahead sorry. Yeah, and uh, you know, having that experience actually uh, helps you to enjoy even more the second kid mm -hmm. because you don't con concentrate on the on the kind of uh, stressful and negative things, and you can actually perceive more the kind of exciting and uh, incredible parts of the you know grow mm -hmm. growing process. Well, you're probably less worried. Plus, the more you do something, the more you're better at it. So there's a lot of less unknowns. So you're yeah, less yeah. stressed, you know. Um, were there any challenges? Like, were there any kind of moments, like, kind of in terms of, you know, what's the word, Vespitania? But it's more like the interaction with your wife, the mother of your kids, and then the kids in terms of where you actually had to make, like, a conscious decision. Like, all right, this is, like, an issue. This is a problem. And I have to think, like, you know, how is it that I want to be raising my kids or what sort of things do I want to be instilling in them? Because I'm sure, you know, I mean, kids grow up, boys grow up, you know, they want to talk back or there's probably like a lot of like discipline issues and just like behavioral issues. So were there any kind of moments that stood out where you said, okay, I have to actually think about how is it that I want to raise my kids or what kind of ideas do I want to instill in their minds in terms of their behavior and their attitudes and things like that? Well, uh, you know, in, in in our case, it 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 most of it happens kind of uh, naturally, naturally, and uh, uh, kind of it, it goes along with the with the upbringing that we had, with the with the type of uh, you know uh, values that uh, we inherited from our parents and mm -hmm. our kind of, uh, social background and things like that. So I can't really say that uh, we, uh, with my wife, actually sat down and kind of set up specific things. Of course, we we talk, we discuss things, we realize that, uh, you know, uh, upbringing is, is, a, is, is a very, it's probably the most difficult job 
that we ever faced with and uh, uh it's it's an it's an incredible challenge and uh, i i mean we we do fail on a daily basis with certain things and we admit it but having said that it's 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 still the greatest challenge and the most exciting challenge because you can see that your kids is the protection of uh, uh the environment that you create the the uh, the kind of values that you believe into and uh, they the kids are like uh, sponges you know yeah they they mm-hmm. they really observe everything that surrounds them so of course uh, the my son he brings a lot of things from the school and a lot of them i i i don't i i really don't like but uh, i just have to deal with it because that's that's the reality we're into and i can't you know, protect or I can't like stop him from observing that because that's part of his life experience. I just have to deal with it somehow and adapt and uh, and try and find the balance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can certainly say that uh, there is great room of, for improvement in terms of uh, uh, how much time uh, we dedicate how much attention how much we actually how much we actually should listen more listen more our kids and try and uh, stand in their position rather than being like a parent you know when we just mm-hmm. like the script and uh, so uh, so what do you so i'm curious so what is so what do you mean by that like give give why why, why is that important because that's an interesting kind of insight. Because I think that, that helps a lot to establish a more closer relationship with the kid. Because mm. otherwise, you consci- con- not consciously, uh, constantly, like, prescript and say, you should do this, you shouldn't do this, you should do this, you shouldn't do this. Uh, at some point, the kid would just get fed up and tired of that. Well, because there has to be a dialogue. Yeah, there has to be a dialogue. And, and it's important to actually... Uh, to create this kind of environment for a constructive dialogue where the kid would actually feel comfortable sharing things. Mm-hmm. Because if you're conscious, you say, oh, God, this is this is wrong, or you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't... Then there won't be this uh, this kind of... Uh, then you're just authoritative as as opposed to relationship. Okay, so then what are the... Th- like, what do you do then as, like, an example of how... Like, how do you think it's possible to establish that sort of relationship? By I think just I ask- having interest, having common activities, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, doing things which, uh, which are exciting for both parts, enjoyable think- and exciting. Well, like, does, I don't know. But does that help? That helps game. in terms of the relationship, but does that help in terms of... Well, I think themes that you can discuss that you are interested both into. If you kind of apart from like se- not apart, but like separate from uh, from uh, kind of uh, normal sets of uh, kind of dialogues and set of kind of things which uh, come into kind of uh, like routine, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to look after his I don't know, homework, school, like uh, looking after health and other things. So this kind of part of really more of a kind of a based on friendship and uh, interest. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 it looks like it helps. It looks like it actually uh, changes and kind of swoops from kind of just being parent and a kid to kind of a just two personalities that that share same interest well, well common some common interests mm-hmm. how did you instill into your kids this sense of like yeah you have to study you have to take care of your body you have to eat the correct way um because that, that's that's very difficult part. yeah <laughs> because it's not easy that that's what I'm, I, I I was saying you know when when the kid sees the others uh, that that I don't know drink uh, unhealthy, eat unhealthy, and uh, you don't allow this at home. So obviously, the kids start building this kind of rebellion uh, attitude Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you as a parent 
he's kind of uh, not allowing, stopping him from from enjoying things that others enjoy. Yeah, like Coca Cola. Exactly. Which is very and, beneficial and good for you. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it is very difficult, and uh, you know, you just constantly uh, explain. Well, I, I do practice uh, looking at some funny videos when, you know, certain things used not for, you know, food consumption, but for other uses. And then you just say, well, look, this is hilarious. People that actually drink this, you can, I don't know, clean a toilet with it or something others. Uh, sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, you know, Have trying you to show it through the media that, that's familiar to the kid. I don't know, like like video blogging or other mm -hmm. things, actually do help. Do, you know what I... mm -hmm. do, do kind of uh, get the communication a bit uh, closer to his understanding and his perception. The way that I do it with my kid, the, the, the mm -hmm. way that I do it with, with my kid, like when, when it comes to either sweets or artificial, like whatever, Snickers or Coca-Cola, is I just say, I'm like, listen, your body is like, it's your machine, right? Like this is what you're going to be going through life. And everything that you put inside of it is going to turn into like your muscles and your hearts and your organ. Like it all goes into you and your brain and everything. And I said, I'm like, there's, there's real food. I try to break it down in a very, like as, as simple as possible. Like, mm. are you, explain it to like a four-year-old, you know, and there's real food, like, you know, things that grow in the earth, like vegetables and fruits and, you know, meat and fish and then there's chemicals. I basically said akemia. Like I say, it's all chemicals. Mm. And I said, I'm like, this isn't real food. So do you, do you really want to be putting like chemicals? Like try it. Does it taste good? Like, do you think this is good? And he just, he just doesn't, he just, you know, it's not like I'm manipulating him or I'm just telling him the truth. Like this is not, it's not something you should be putting into your body, you know? Mm. Um, and it's just, you, you, you take something you know, you ask them a question like, do you want to be healthy? Like, do you want to be able to play sports? Do you want to be smart? Do you want to be able to live for a long time? Yes. Okay. In order to do that, you understand you have to take care of your body. You have to take care of like all this stuff. Yes. Okay. Do you understand that like, this is not something that's going to help you stay healthy and be smart and be able to play sports? Yes. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, find out what they want. They want to be yeah. healthy. They want to live for a long time and just explain that this is not going to help, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but my kid is young and he's not influenced by kids like yours is. And that's why I'm asking, because as he gets older, I'm going to be curious to see kind of, because peer pressure is, you know, alcohol, cigarettes, sweets, sex, drugs, doing stupid shit, rioting. As we're seeing now, I'm living in Los Angeles. There's riots out there. It's mostly <clears throat> teenagers. It's all kids. It's just kids, man. Like it's literally kids. Yeah, but, you know, as I was saying, for them to rebel is something very natural. It's something that they yeah. feel that through this, they're, they're, they're kind of uh, expressing themselves. They're, they're kind of raising their voice. They're actually saying what they kind of they and think. Yeah. And they're finding an identity that's independent of the one that you give them at home. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And very often uh, when you see them growing, they they feel the the kind of need to to have their own voice to have their own position to have so that's why you said listening is very important communication yeah yeah communication is is hugely important and actually allowing i think it's so crucial is allowing your kid to have own opinion to have own position and uh, you know, if you constantly say, no, this is wrong, no, this is wrong, no, this is wrong, you should do what I say. It's like you're... Uh, you're killing it. You're yeah, killing you're their killing, own voice. Uh, own voice, own personality. I mean, own kind of uh, understanding of self. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, that's, that's fundamental in terms of kind of... Uh, you know, process of growing up and growing up as a, as a, as a personality. So how do you give kids the confidence that they need to actually 
have that sense of identity and have that sense of self. Because I know a lot of kids, you know, everybody has different personalities, but something like self-confidence, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's probably one of the most important things that you can give to a kid because that gives them the ability to go out into the world, take risks, you know, do things that might not be comfortable and believe that even though it might not work out in the beginning, you got to keep trying, you got to keep training. And, you know, you want to play football, you want to be a painter, you want to do math. It's not going to work from the beginning. And it's usually not going to work. Like life is a struggle and it's going to always be a struggle. So how do you instill that sense of like self-confidence and kind of this, I don't want to say work ethic, but this understanding that like it's, you know, you're capable of doing anything that you want as long as you keep trying and you keep trying. Well, again, it's communication support. It's uh, when you actually uh, constantly state that you believe in in whatever the kid is uh, is doing, is trying, and unless unless you do that, then I think uh, the sense of that confidence is not gonna kind of appear or grow or or actually uh, because I think um, obviously you know kids try things out and uh, they 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 uh, often don't realize what should be done what shouldn't be done what should they try or shouldn't and uh, you know, this process of trying is also important because through this, they learn. And, uh, you know, uh, it's important that uh, the kid uh, will learn on its own mistakes. And, uh, you know, talking through this, not actually uh, constantly you know pointing into their mistakes but actually talking through the process of making mistakes and then learning on them is is uh, is uh, i guess is a way through this process mm -hmm. because uh, if you're gonna protect constantly and say don't do that because that's a risk don't do this because this is a risk don't get into that company or don't talk to this one or don't go, go out there, you know, then the kid won't build that kind of open sense of, uh, uh, you know, trying things out and understanding, building his own kind of uh, sense of uh, reality, I guess. Well, and it's also, they're going to have to do that one way or another, whether it's you, if you're going to stop them from doing it now, that means they're going to have to do it later. And it's better to do that now earlier and understand that, okay, you do have to be smart and you do have to be careful and think about these things as opposed to doing it when you're older, the risk could be much higher. Right. So it's better for yeah. them to kind of understand that lesson learned. Now well, the early age. They grow up being terrified and scared to the, any kind of step. True. And they're going to be always stuck to you asking and being really, uh, you know, like addicted to your approval, to your advice, to your opinion, and and uh, they won't have that sense of confidence and sense of again self um, kind of belief and and ability to make decisions themselves, which is which is awful. It's mm -hmm. like you know, in Russia, we have that issue. Uh, that uh, 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 in terms of parents are bringing uh, kids and uh, that there's so much attention and so much control that kids often struggle with um, with self-responsibility. Hmm. They're so close to the kind of family and... Uh, you know, family kind of attention and uh, control is is just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think the family is always going to be there. That's why a lot of people still live with their families and their parents when they're like 20, 25, 30 years old. Exactly. Yeah. But, because... who's, but who's, who's at fault? The parents or the kids? Yeah. 
Parents. The parents. Well, I think it is definitely in the parents. That's that's because yeah, it's 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 the need of giving like you know uh, personal space, personal uh, kind of. Path. But the thing is, is is parents? I think, and this is a question, I guess, is do parents do that from a good space because they say, "Look, I'm concerned. I don't want my kid to be upset. I don't want him to get hurt." So maybe parents are doing it with like the right intentions, but the result in the end is the kids become completely, uh, they're not responsible, they're not self-reliant, and then they're not capable to exist into the world independently, right? Completely, completely. I think it's, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. And uh, it's, it's almost like a national kind of... Uh, Speciality, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not saying that uh, it always works out like uh, as a mistake, as a, some kind of an error. But uh, often it, it, it does have a dramatic effect. So you talked about so you talked about values, and you talked about like the things that your parents instilled. Um, and I know your family quite well, and you guys have always been like an awesome example of just like such a good family. Um, but I'm curious, like, so what what are the values that you think that your parents um, taught, passed down, or showed to you that you consciously tried to also share and instill in your own kids? Uh, well, there, there are lots of things. Well. Uh, I guess um, kind of they're all very human they're all very uh, real <laughs> yeah well yeah they're, they're, they're kind of normal things there's not some kind of special kind of recipe or something that you know uh, and uh, I don't think my parents were doing it very kind of prescriptive and conscious i think it, it was it was a kind of natural thing mm -hmm. uh, i don't know hard work uh politeness uh caring for you know people around uh curiosity uh responsibility for what you do and uh Respect. <laughs> yeah, respect and and uh, making choice. I think that was fundamental. They allowed me to make the choice mm. in my life path. Okay. And that, that was the, uh, the, the, the best thing that my dad did is that uh, when I was 11, he actually asked me at that time where I want to develop in which field because at the time i was i was doing my art and i was also studying professionally classical music and he just after the fifth grade he just asked me do you want to carry on with this or do you want to choose this mm -hmm. and totally gave me the right to 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 make that choice and that was that was i so much respect him for that and you and Although you remember that it is very uncommon for kind of Russian environment to do such things. Mm -hmm. To to allow the kid at that age to choose. And once you chose, when you knew that you had a choice, what did that give you? I don't know confidence. Okay. It, it gave me confidence. It gave me understanding that it was my choice, not that I was told to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it gave me a great belief in what I was doing. And uh, I knew that uh, I've chosen this because I actually love it. And I actually want to dedicate my life to doing this. Mm -hmm. And that never gave me a second of doubt, even though there were difficult moments and... Uh, uh, in terms of like uh, 
owning money and stuff like that, but never gave me a doubt that I made a wrong choice that I should have done. I should have done something else in life. And uh, oh, of course, uh, there were a great deal of support and uh, and help, stuff like that. How do you, if you, I don't know if you've started having these conversations, but like, how do you explain to Philip? Because I mean, look, our kids are growing up. You know, they have access to the internet. They have access to mobile phones. They have access to a lot more information, right? Um, how do you have conversations about, you know, things that are good, things that are bad, things to spend your time on, your attention on, you know, your definition of success, kind of like, what the next steps are, you know? How do you have those conversations? How do you kind of try to guide them towards, you know, is there a goal that you're guiding them to or is it just, you know? I really don't know, man. <laughs> I, I have no answer to this. Uh, seriously, well, uh, uh, of course, uh, I want my kid to be successful. Of course, I want him to be happy. I want, of course, I want him to to do things which he. But what likes. is success? But what is success? Like, what is your definition of success? Or what's success? What's success for your son in your eyes? Well, it's it's. I guess it's a state of mind. Yeah. So uh, he needs to be. You know, he needs to be doing what he he loves and what excites him, interests him. Uh, obviously, I would I would definitely like like it to be something that can support him and his future family. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not in in any way hoping that he will support me. Hopefully, I I won't need that that he needs to support me when I'm old. <laughs> and um, you know. Uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, whatever he chooses is gonna is gonna give him a very interesting and exciting life journey. So, uh, so the most so so the most important thing, and not the most important things, but a thing that's important is find what you love and do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Have the confidence to do it. Don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to fail. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because there will always be a failures. Well, so it always it is a failure always, but you're always improving little by little after every failure, right? Mm. So I I, I guess uh, it, it's up it's up to him to find that, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just gonna try to be there to support and uh, maybe advice maybe help along the way somehow mm -hmm. uh, you know so what else yeah go ahead sorry i will try not to prescript i will try not to say you should go into this or you should, mm -hmm. you should do that uh, i really don't want to be in a position where i'm telling him what's going to be his uh, his future like i think what if he, he what if he picks something that you think is just completely absurd? I mean, I don't want to think of an example. I could think of something. But if he says, you know, I don't know. You know me. I could think of something stupid, but I'm not going to say anything. But, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, like, no, well, uh, I think I think uh, if, if I'm going to say that you've chosen something stupid, uh, I don't think it's going to end up in a, in, a, in, a, in a situation when he's just going to say, oh, yeah, that, you're right. Let's pick something else. Mm -hmm. I think he needs to realize it himself, uh, and he needs to to kind of experience and then come up with a conclusion that maybe maybe he needs to look for something different. Mm -hmm. He or she. Or she. So so we talked about self-confidence. What other qualities of character um, do you think are important for kids, especially in our day when, again, influenced through other kids, schools, social media, the Internet? 
like what's what, what do you think is important for them to keep in mind or have in terms of like personality traits in order to be able to navigate this life that's becoming you know i think more complicated more confusing there's more information you don't know who to trust you don't know what to trust you don't know what to fall back on yeah i mean yeah it's 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 difficult times that we're living in um are you concerned well, at all about that? I mean, is this is this something that you're concerned about? Like, okay, the world is changing. There's more information, mobile phones, internet, you know, real news, fake news, what to trust, influencers, social media, all this crap. All these different kind of things are going to be vying for your kids' attention. Yeah, yeah, it, it is worrying. But then if we look back into the history, you know, every point in time brought its own kind of challenges. So I guess we live in a time where we have that challenge. But uh, do you see you it know, as a challenge? Huh? Do you see it as as a challenge? Do you? I mean, like, what? All right, have, I'll flip it. I'll say, what are the challenges that you see that are going to be facing your kids, our kids, kids today, right? Growing up in the world that they're growing up in. Well, what are you concerned about, if anything? Uh. I think the challenge that we have and our kids having is uh, and obviously that whole issue with information, whole issue with communication, uh, whole issue of that kind of a global uh, global way of, uh, of kind of a shifting values mm -hmm. and uh, I think we're at the point when it's difficult to understand what's the kind of a global idea of values that we either share or have in common mm -hmm. so uh, move your camera down a little bit because I can only see the top of your head there you go. sorry yeah um, so I was saying um, there, there's this sense of uncertainty. Yeah, uncertainty in terms of uh, uh, what, I guess, progress technology brings to us. Whether, you know, we, we, we were sharing this kind of idea since Industrial Revolution that, you know, technology brings wealth, technology brings uh, uh, knowledge and uh, kind of uh, comfort progression and things like that. I'm not sure that uh, nowadays uh, we can clearly say, yes, certain things become more comfortable and uh, possible. Yet, on the other hand, we can say that it brings complications and brings definitely uh, a lot of kind of questions and uh, those type of questions brings worries about the future mm -hmm. how technology will will really benefit us and uh, when you start thinking in a perspective to your kids and their next generations that becomes even more worrying well yeah because, because you work with kids you see kids now right the younger generation that's your i mean so what do you think? Yeah, you I mean, uh, yeah, you see pro problems in terms of, as I said, communication. Yes, yeah? so they're they're very addicted to the uh, to to be kind of concentrated in uh, in in their devices, in the in the kind of virtual kind of uh, world reality, uh, kind of uh, certain things become very kind of important to them yet if you really think about them they they they're kind of um, not material and not 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 valuable in connection to kind of real world mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it it's so it's like with them um, computer games you know i uh, when i was a teenager i i i I did quite uh, enjoy playing and uh, 
playing with friends and stuff like that. But then uh, I kind of um, got, I guess, bored with it. Mm-hmm. Now I see that it's from very young age, or uh, you know, kids start getting familiar with you know iPads and uh, yep. devices from like months, basically. And uh, I can see how you know their interest in real world and this kind of virtual is is shifting towards virtual. So they 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 they. They struggle with with the kind of enjoyment of reality of physicality, and and that 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 terrifies me. That's pretty scary, right? That is terrifying. That is, it's like, you know, I can see how the kid is excited of I don't know twisting, doing some stupid things on a kind of a screen, but then he's bored and he doesn't know what to do with the with the physical thing. Although you know, as a kid. You should experience what through that kind of physical interaction. Yep. So that's that's definitely is is uh, something. It's a, it's a huge challenge for for humanity to solve that and to find the balance. Yep. Because if we don't find the balance, we're screwed. I think. Yeah. In the next few generations. You know, humanity will face some uh, radical, uh, I think, crisis. In yeah, the, because kids are going to grow up living, and living with the physical things around. Yeah, because if you're going to be too capable in the digital realm, you're going to be incapable in the physical one. And then what are you going to do when something happens to the digital realm? Or is it just going to be you know, well, this is a new world and you don't have to do anything in the physical. You don't have to move. You can make all your money virtually. You can spend all your money virtually and you don't even have to get out of your VR set. You can travel the world. You can see everything, but that's still not, I mean, God, I hope it doesn't go there because you but can't I think, compare. I think the situation now, I think proved, I, I hope, well, at least for me, it proved a lot. When we ended up in a quarantine and we, when we, we, we had all those restrictions and when we could actually experience it only through kind of online interaction. It's like with the exhibitions, for example, yeah? A lot of museums, galleries and stuff started setting up this online bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously a lot have been written and advertised and things like that. But... Actually, if you compare it to the real experience of going into the museum space, seeing physically in front of you the artwork, you think, fucking hell, this all online shit is just nonsense. You hope so. But here's the thing about people. Um, We can get used to anything if we think that you don't have a choice. Uh well, if you yes, use fear, no, I think I think certain things. It's just it's just I think the the this kind of this kind of a kind of child rebellion starts kind of uh, waking up. That's if you're not afraid. But if you're afraid that some virus is going to kill you because the media and Big Brother told you that you should be afraid. Then you're going to say, hmm, I want to go to this exhibit, but I don't want to die. You know, I mean, I'm taking the most simple extreme version, mm. but that's that's the story that they're telling us. Don't go to the parks. Don't go to the beach. Don't go to sporting events. Don't go to a museum. Don't go to school because you may get sick because of germs and viruses. You know, um, I'm concerned about that because, you know, I'm living in the United States. I know how well propaganda works. And I know, you know, and I know how much social media can amplify that, right? Like everyone. Yes, but if you think about uh, the whole story of humanity is is propaganda. Yeah, we we constantly been trying to put into certain ideas. It's like with, uh, you know, uh, politics, with religion, even with the how the history is uh, interpreted, right? So it's it's a propaganda. So we've been propaganda certain things, certain beliefs, and then 
it's 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 a it's a matter of individual whether to believe it to follow it or, or to to find its own path it's a matter of the individual when he has a choice but if there are laws being enacted saying don't go outside like you can't well, go out, like you're in lockdown seriously man i mean it's minus 40 degrees and you i mean obviously you know there are conditions which are difficult for you to go out but then it's again it's your choice if you feel they need to to breathe in there this kind of a yeah but you're you're sitting in moscow you can't go outside now it's not your choice well, anymore. i can and then i mean and uh, uh, obviously if if i feel an urge and a, a, a need i will go out i will well, yeah. kind of, uh, and, a, and a cop uh, isn't going to stop you and give you a fine? Well, yeah, he'll give me a fine. Well, then I'll deal with that fine. I mean, he's not going to kill me, shoot me, or... Uh, yeah. So I guess I still have that choice. You I'm do. still struggle. It's yeah, like yeah. kids struggle. I mean, you say, don't go out, and he will go out. You say, don't, don't, uh, uh, I don't know, put your legs on the couch, and he will put it. Yeah. I'm not gonna kill him. I'm gonna probably, you know, find him, <laughs> you know, try and forbid. So, so it's, yeah. it's the same. It's, no. just, it's just that kind of um. I mean, again, in the nature of humanity is to control, to prescript, to to kind of uh, uh, build those restrictions and uh, create controls. Yep. But every single one of us is an individual and we always can make a choice and we always can, can say no, we always can do something different. And I hope so. uh, we live it. So. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, we're not losing our... I think, I think that's, that's the only belief and hope we have. Otherwise, what's the whole point of living? Otherwise, you just say, well, I'm here, I've been born to just follow whatever I've been told to do and then. I mean, what sort of life it is? Being a sheep. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, it's an individual choice. And I think going back to the parents' responsibility is to uh, bring up a kid in such way that he or she wouldn't be a sheep. Yep. So they wouldn't be used to just follow what they're told. They will have that think. character to make their own choices. Yeah, think critically, do research, question, don't believe everything that you see, don't believe everything that you hear. Um, think for yourself and make an independent choice. Mm. And there's going to be, and there's going to be, I think, a constant battle between that free will and your individual freedom to think freely. And Big Brother, the government that be in the powers that want to just be like, no, sit, obey. And do what we say, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about what my, you know, our kids are going to grow up and where are they going to be getting their information? Who are they going to listen to? Who's going to be influencing them? Right? Who are they going to? Who are who? Who are their role models going to be? Who are they going to look up to? Right? Kim Kardashian? No offense to Kim Kardashian, you know, or. You know, like, uh, you know, Ivan Dorn or whatever, like whoever the hell, you know. Um, and that's what's, you know, that's what I think is important is I think it's so important in the beginning of the relationship with your kid um, for them to look up to you. You know what I mean? Like for you to be that kind of source of, you know, when they have a question or they want to find out something about the world, they're not going to, you know, check Google, but they'll start with you, you know, and then they're going to be, you know, and they trust you and you're going to be that kind of authority and you're going to still have that attachment because once you lose once your kid loses you know once you lose authority and respect in their eyes and you're not the person that they go to and they're not attached to you then you've lost them you know so that's why it's super important to keep that you know yeah and i think uh respect for sure uh in terms of authority uh i think they need to have that feeling of uh certain equality mm. yes they can actually that you know your eyes and their eyes are on the same level that you're not looking from up downwards on them 
but actually there is there is this kind of equal shared uh, kind of a common friendly uh, balance. Hmm. But what about the fact that like you know you know you don't want to say like you know better or you know more like there should still be something like well if they're asking you and you tell them then they should kind well, of again, that should be from a perspective that you are very willing to share with them your life experience what you've mm. learned in your life rather than saying i know better than you you would say well from my experience from what i've i've had from what i've learned from what from my mistakes i know this and i advise i suggest rather than say well I lived the life. What do you think is the best way to share life experience? What do you think is the best way that a parent can share their life experience with their kids? Like, how do you do it? How? Well, where, you, where do you, you just, keep? Where do you keep all that information in order to ultimately share it with your kids? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, uh, uh, well, I think storytelling. Just you know, like widely, is a, is a, is a huge kind of a instrument and uh, and kind of a tool that we can find that dialogue through. Yeah, uh, mm, storytelling, like um, uh, you know, actually uh, having that kind of a. Uh, conversations and and uh, and uh, you know translating to your kids what what you valued what you uh, maybe sorry for what you I don't know memorized what you kind of uh, uh, I don't know like uh, craving for you know this this type of opening up like you would open up to again a close friend mm -hmm. would would i think uh, uh create that kind of a connection I what guess. if there what if there was an app or a tool that helped you do that <laughs> yeah. well uh, i think it's i think it's a great idea i think that's a great idea having you know again as I mentioned to you, I'm I'm personally uh, very uh, um, very worried about losing certain type of information. Mm. Uh, for me, as as a person that that uh, kind of involved with the uh, visual arts. A lot. Uh, 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 this type of information is is kind of uh, priceless as a, as a kind of a source for uh, not just going back into the kind of moments and memory, but as a, as a source of just into a, a, a kind of uh, inspiration, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, so having a kind of a capsule, having kind of a platform that would uh, actually save that all. And I would feel uh, confident that it is actually saved. Mm -hmm. Would uh, would would be a great uh, well, great not relief. only not only but saved, only, but uh, that would be great if I know that that's gonna be inherited by my what? kid and their kid. That it's actually creating this kind of a. Family tree, in a way. Family tree, family history, but it's also your own story. You know, don't don't look for Facebook, don't look for Instagram to kind of understand who you are. Um, yeah, like like for instance, my Facebook or my Instagram, nothing to do with my personal life. I mean, it's 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 only what I do professionally, and uh, and also it's dictated by the industry needs industry yeah. rule so it actually doesn't reflect like real what's happening yeah it's just the face that you show to a certain group of friends and acquaintances 
but it's not the face you want to show to your kid. It's not the things you want to share with your kid. No, and it's not actually the real picture of what's what's happening and what's what's so so it, it, it you know most of the time it's 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 just a, a platform to you know to show off. Yeah, and the question is for who and why. Yeah, that's that's a whole long kind of another conversation. Well, honestly, I think I think you could be I think within the next year or two, you're going to be surprised at how many people are going to stop using that platform. You know. Because it's it's turning into something that it wasn't in the beginning. Now it's just something completely different. But I know that our time is up. I know that you got to go. Um but and it's an interesting conversation to continue. Our lives are not linear. What we remember is not defined by time, but by experience. We remember the emotions and people surrounding specific moments and live time as one continuous day that is the experience of our lives. One of the most important, meaningful, and challenging experiences we face is being and becoming parents. These are conversations about moments in our lives, what they have taught us, and the questions we all face about how to live in the world.